Well, hello there. It's another day. I'm Jim Harrington. And I'm Bill Knight. Happy, uh, well, you know what? First day of the weekend. It's Friday. Thank God it's Friday. Yeah. Yes, it is. Um, so this is the weekend edition. Before we do much of anything, I think it's important we, we point out what happened in England yesterday. Do, oh, do, do yeah. you know what happened uh, in England yesterday? Yeah, um, Liz Tuss. She re, uh, or, uh, what, what's her name? Uh, Truss. Liz Truss. Yeah. Interesting. She, they put, I forgot which media company did this, but some media company took a, uh, a head of lettuce and they put it on a desk and then they put Liz Truss's picture next to it and they live streamed it on Facebook. And <laughs> they said, which will last longer? And literally the, the lettuce is still looking healthier than the Liz Truss administration. But you know, the interesting thing is when she came in, she goes, look, I'm going to cut taxes. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. But it was everything the left doesn't want. Kind of like mm -hmm. what's going on here. Mm -hmm. And so the, the, the media poo-pooed her. They did. They, they, they trumped her is what they did. They Donald trumped her. She was the, uh, the root of all evil. And finally, you know, and, and they're cheering. It's gotta um, be tough. It, it's gotta be tough to be in the situ in the seat that she sits in when everybody's looking towards her, you know, and well, here's what's going to happen. The, the slings and arrows bill go towards her. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. Here's what's going to happen though. That is a snapshot of two weeks from now, a snapshot of the United States. Because if you remember when Trump got in the first time, he is not my president. Never Trump. I didn't elect him. He was appointed. They call people who deny 2020 election deniers. And they, they want us to wear a badge like there's something evil about de denying. Exactly. Right? But if you go back to 2016, you've got Hillary denying. You've got the New York Times denying the election. You've got a ton of people who are denying the 2016 election. No problem there. No matter how wrong they are with their policies and agenda, and the people unite and go, look, let's get these people the hell out of here. They just sit there and they go to the corner, they have a tantrum, mm -hmm. and then they gather up their little sycophants, and they all have tantrums together, and then they make evil memes, they say nasty things, they all get together, but because they do have people in powerful places, such as the media and uh, social oh, sure. media, uh, they can shut us that up, and yeah. that's what they do. Even though we are not the voice of, uh, we're, we're we're not the voice of hate. We're just saying, you had your chance. You mm -hmm. screwed up. Case in point: Last night there was a debate in Massachusetts. Jeff mm -hmm. Deal and Maura Healy, and and it was Jeff Deal also against every panelist in the room because yes. they were all on the left, but they were. Asking him, will you accept the results of the election on November 8th? And he said, yes. He said, so you, you're not an election denier. He said, well, it's okay for people to question an election. But they were trying to hang this moniker on him like there's something evil and perverted about saying, wait a second, I don't think that was a fair election. Well, see, and now that, that's an interesting point because... Uh, you know, he's not the only one that they've asked that question of. They've been going all around. Kerry Lake, they did. You know, will you accept the results of the election? Mm -hmm. If they're going around asking every Republican, and even though the polls are saying the Republicans are going to win, but they're going right up front, they're going, 
are you going to accept the results of the election <laughs> as a snicker? Yeah. Because what they're really saying is we're going to steal the darn thing and you're going to accept it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. You know, um, they also tried to make it sound like if you denied the election, then you also supported the revolution on January 6th. They tried to tie the two together uh, and, and stick it on Jeff Deal yesterday. And, you know, they said, you know, policemen died on January 6th. I don't know what uh, they were watching or what news feeds that they were watching, but there were no policemen who died on January 6th. They're fabricating this news. And I think as time marches on, uh, they're going to rewrite uh, the history of this. And our grandchildren are going to read back, boy, that was a terrible time, that insurrection. Oh, they killed 100 cops, and they butchered people in the streets, mm. and they hung Democrats from trees. Uh, that's where it's going. Getting back to Liz Truss yesterday, you know, she had a very short administration, six weeks, and her resignation uh, announcement was equally as short. Listen. I came into office at a time of great economic and international instability. Families and businesses were worried about how to pay their bills. Putin's illegal war in Ukraine threatens the security of our whole continent. And our country has been held back for too long by low economic growth. I was elected by the Conservative Party with a mandate to change this. We delivered on energy bills and on cutting national insurance. And we set out a vision for a low-tax, high-growth economy that would take advantage of the freedoms of Brexit. I recognise, though, given the situation, I cannot deliver the mandate on which I was elected by the Conservative Party. I have therefore spoken to His Majesty the King to notify him that I am resigning as leader of the Conservative Party. This morning I met the chairman of the 1922 committee, Sir Graham Brady. We've agreed that there will be a leadership election to be completed within the next week. This will ensure that we remain on a path to deliver our fiscal plans and maintain our country's economic stability and national security. I will remain as Prime Minister until a successor has been chosen. Thank you. And then she closed the binder and walked away. I uh, was surprised. I listened to Pierce Morgan uh, on Tucker's show last. Was it Tucker? No, it was on. Uh, well, Jen he said negative things about her when she came in, and well, he joked he about yeah. her. So whatever he said, I he, yeah, he he doesn't. He was never impressed by her. Uh, but he said he told us the process. He said it was obvious after she made her presentations, and it was rejected soundly by Parliament uh, mm -hmm. that uh, she didn't have the the wherewithal to carry the ball the ball across the goal line so she said the men with the gray pants visited her yesterday that's what they call it i guess it's when leaders of parliament uh come by and say you know uh, uh prime minister uh, you're not very effective and we've got to move on to another prime minister well those guys are officially called the men, the men with gray pants they visited her yesterday so it wasn't like a, her decision to resign. Well, she was told, get the she, hell out. Yeah, she was told, there's the door, and don't let it in the uh, hitch in the backside. Took us. Yeah.
why do they have a prime minister? Why do they have elections? And I asked that question about us, too, because if these people that are in power, and mm-hmm. even if they don't get elected, they stay in power, and they're going to do what they do, yeah. why the hell do we even bother? Because we don't have a country. We don't have a democracy. It is a dictatorship, so damn it, let's be honest about it. Actually, uh, there are a lot of questions like that going around, especially since 2020. One of the things that Morgan said, which is true, he said, at least in this country, when we find that the prime minister is ineffective, we can get rid of them right away. They can they can be out of that office in no time. He said, you guys, you're stuck for four years. I mean, he said, you've got Biden and you've got another two years of this guy, which is true. But, but you know, for him to say that, you show me where that country is doing so damn well, then I'll listen to you. It's not. And I don't think they're going to get out of the hole that they're in, you know, without hurting a lot of people. I just don't think they're going to get out of it. The fact is, you if you elect somebody, you got to give them the chance to do what they got to do because it's so damn easy to sit there and go, well, we just started the new Cato diet, but you know what? I, I, I'm following the diet. It's been two days, and I haven't lost my 60 pounds yet. <laughs> you know, as a matter of fact, I gained a pound while I was at damn cake gate last night I think, know, at midnight. I, I think it goes to there's something going on behind the scenes, behind the curtain mm-hmm. in, in both countries that we yeah. don't know about. There's There's a hidden group of people who are really making the decisions. I mean, I you look at the FBI and how all of a sudden they go from being a neutral federal law enforcement organization to uh, a bunch of guys who are carrying the water for one side, the left. Somebody told them you got to do this, and they did it. Uh, somebody behind the scenes. People are uh, are not being told the true story. We think that we're, we're making decisions on election day, and there are some people in this world, I think, who would say those decisions have already been made for you, whether you like it or not. You know? Yeah. I, I thoroughly believe that. You know, they're talking about, well, did the Democrats peak too, too soon before the election? But you know the one thing that I've noticed? Every time there's bad news for the left, and there's been a lot of bad news for them, a lot can change over the weekend. They use the weekend to throw all their their little words of change out there and their negative stories that end up being proven wrong, Mm -hmm. but it takes three or four weeks to get rid of it. We got two weeks to the election. So what are they going to throw out there this weekend? That's going to shift the focus, take the eye off the ball. And all of a sudden, well, I'll be damned. Those numbers shifted back to the Democrats. And before we can prove that it was all a crock of crap, the election will be over. That's true. Mr. Diestel, go by what you've said in the past that uh, you think it's going to be rigged and we're not going to have the red wave that everybody's saying we're going to have? I've never altered from the fact that I believe that we are going to be told that the blue wave happened and that they won and the red wave was all an illusion. I don't believe for a minute that uh, the uh, there is a blue wave out there. I believe that people are mad. They're tired of things. It's what they're going to do if we lose it again. Got a question. Do you think that if everything were even and fair, there's a red wave? I mean, if we we have an honest election, would it be a red wave? 
Yeah, it'd be a red wave. And it's because of the makeup of how the politics works. It has to be a, a red wave. There is no other way for it to go. You can't sit there and say, well, I'm going to vote, vote for the libertarian. Uh, if you're independent, you you vote for whatever party you want to vote for. Mm-hmm. And they're sure as hell not going to vote blue. And they're not going to vote independent unless they're just going, they really want to waste their vote because that party is not, I mean, not independent, but libertarian. That party is not there. There are a lot of little parties out there, mm-hmm. but you have to ultimately cast your vote where you can at least have somewhat of a say. I'm not saying that the Republicans have the perfect party, but they are the best choice you got if you want to maintain freedom. Do you anticipate problems in Philadelphia, Georgia, Arizona, the places where there were problems in 2020? Yeah, I think the fix is in now that, you know, they're talking about the tight race that's going on in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. You got it going on in Arizona. You got it going on in Georgia. Uh, it And here, uh, Fetterman, uh, you know, Dr. Oz is at some points, even at some points is surpassed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, even even if it's within a point or two, um, he's tightened it up. And everybody knows that Fetterman can't do the job and now the democrats gone interesting interesting you should say that because i think that i think that president biden gave uh gave it away yesterday when he was in pennsylvania exactly with uh, the gazelle yeah i have the audio right here and and, uh, john thank you uh very much for uh for running i really do appreciate it and zell you're gonna you're gonna be a great uh a great lady in the senate Giselle, you're going to be a great lady in the Senate. Joe, she's not on the ballot. I think what they're saying is that uh, he's going to be deemed non-compass mentis. Is that what the term is? Uh, Incapable to perform. And uh, he's going to have to resign, leaving a void in the... uh, that, that Senate seat, you know, that's if he gets in. And then if the governor of Pennsylvania is a Democrat, and goodness knows I'm hoping that's not the case, but if it is, he'll be able to appoint uh, somebody to fill the position, and it yeah, will be Giselle. his wife. Yeah, exactly. Didn't that happen once uh, here once before? It uh, happened, I think, in, in Missouri, I think. I think it happened. What's her name? Yeah. She is still out. Oh, yeah, well, uh, John Hines died in a plane crash. And they appointed a senator, and it wasn't it wasn't a family member, but uh, the guy was in for a while, and I can't think of the guy's name. I can I can see his face, but I can't right. think of his name. That happens a lot when you get to be my age. This is what they're they're planning on. But Joe is you know open mouth, and everything comes out. There's no uh, governor on what he says. Well, what they're trying to do with Fetterman? Well, he's disabled, and so what? So what? He's handicapped, and he needs uh uh, a device to understand what you're saying. He can still do his job because you can't, uh, how's the political correct way of saying this? You can't attack the handicapped person. He's not, he is disabled, but we're talking about a whole different thing to where he is mentally, you know, incapacitated to where it's beyond a disability. Well, Joe was in Pittsburgh first yesterday. He was at the uh, Fern Hollow Bridge, which collapsed, and they rebuilt it already, right. and, and, which is good. It, it, it collapsed uh, in January, and uh, they put a full-court press on and got the new bridge in place. It's amazing how they can do that nowadays because so much of a bridge is prefab. You know, it's 
made in a factory someplace, and a lot of it is sitting in a a yard someplace, and they just say, I need that section, that section, and that section. Can you bring it to uh, Pittsburgh? And they they have kind of an instant bridge. You have the the crew there to prep the ground, bring in the bridge, put it up, and it's there. That's it. Joe was talking to reporters about uh, his popularity. Some of the reporters were asking him, hey, uh, how come... Well, first he talked about the economy. Well, listen to what he said, and you figure out what he was. It's hard to explain Joe's comments sometimes because he doesn't know what he's saying. Of a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. It's a billion, two hundred trillion, a billion dollars. That's what he said. I mean, there were people who were listening to him say that, and their eyes crossed. Listen one more time. Of a billion, two hundred, a trillion, two hundred billion dollars. Man. He, he was asked by a reporter, how come uh, they don't want you to uh, come out with the other Democrats and, and campaign with them? Uh, people like uh, Tim Ryan in Ohio, when asked, said, ah, we'd rather rather do it by ourselves. Thank you very much. We don't need Joe. Well, here's what he he answered. John Fetterman's going to appear with you today yeah. in Pennsylvania, but there haven't been that many candidates campaigning with you. Why are more? That's not true. There's been 15. Count. Good count. Okay, and are there going to be even more? Yeah. Okay, he said there's 15. Then he walked over to another reporter. Listen. Tim Ryan in Ohio said he doesn't want you there. Warnock said wouldn't say. Do you think they're making a mistake? No, there are 16 that I've already gone in for you. And a lot more last another 20 or so. I'm going to be doing it. So in a short time, it went from 15 to 16. Just like that, you know? Well, you know, the uh, invisible rabbit that walks beside him. That's and, true. Uh, the other people in the uh, in the windmills of his mind that are talking <laughs> to him, those numbers increase. Do you think that he is as diminished as he pretends to be? You Do you know, think that I, he uh, uses a lot of it as a cover? Well, I, I think there is a lot, of, uh, a lot of chicanery going on here, tricks and games that they're playing, and it's, it's done for uh, optics and illusions. Uh, but you know, I do think he does have some problems because he has, he, he gets lost and says stuff. Hell, there was a, there was a speech where, uh, his voice changed as if somebody else was speaking for him that yeah. I picked up on last weekend. So I don't know what's going on. Uh, yeah. uh, we're being lied to as to the man that's up there on the podium talking to us. Do you think he has an earpiece? Oh, definitely. You think he's being uh, prompted by uh, uh, somebody off stage? Joe, don't forget to say this. Joe, don't forget to say that. If he is um, uh, not all there, he's being given a drug uh, to uh, heighten his alert, uh, his awareness and uh, how alert he is. I don't know what's going on with him, but I do know that we are not getting the full picture, and he is not. uh, Look, right now, Mm -hmm. The overwhelming majority of people all over the place are saying they don't want. There was a poll done. Nobody wants Joe in 2024. The only problem is they don't want him now, but how the hell do you replace him? Who do you get? Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's interesting you should say that. First of all, I'm going to play a a, a kind of a long clip. It's uh, Kevin McCarthy talking about what he's going to do after the, the Congress changes and, and if he is the uh, Speaker of the House. And he talked about plans he thought that uh, that the Republicans would be taking uh, from that point on. So listen. 
I feel very good about where we are 20 days from now, simply because what the Democrats have done for the last two years. And really our mission will be to clean up the mess of what they've created. And that really stands with the commitment to America. Yes, I'm plugging it because it matters. I want this election to be about ideas. I want this election that voters make a decision on what direction they want America to go. And one of the key issues here is what they have done to the energy industry in America. What they have done to America by making us dependent. Worried what Russia or Saudi Arabia even say. But now he's playing politics with something much more. The strategic petroleum oil reserve was created to put us in a time of emergency. This is a political emergency to the Democrats. That is why he's using it. But he's already used it so far that it's down the lowest it's been in more than 40 years. If we were to have a hurricane in the Gulf or another uh, emergency, we would not be prepared. He's already used one-third of it. He's put America in jeopardy, mm -hmm. just like he put America in jeopardy on the very first day when he has started attacking the energy industry. And believe me, I believe in all forms of energy. Every study, even coming out of the president, we're going to need 50% more going into the future for the next 25 years. So we need to expand our grid, expand our capability. That means all the above, not picking one form of energy and putting America in, right. in jeopardy. But leader, I mean, Republicans also are, are very aware of how inflation is uh, is impacting um, you know people in the country and. Is it a crisis? Is it the kind of crisis the SPR was, was actually designed for? Probably not, but uh, when, when you have limited options, you can see you know, why the president has decided to do that, to give some relief. Uh, no, it's, it's not why I see that. I mean, think about what the president just said the White House a few weeks ago, that he didn't ask Saudi Arabia. Then Saudi Arabia comes out and proves that the president lied. The president didn't ask Saudi Arabia not to cut production well into the future, just until the election is over. That's right. pure political play. That's what he's doing here now. Why wouldn't he go to America, lift the LNG restrictions, um, lift the sanctions what he's putting on for more leases, allow the development more, think long term. Why do we want to be dependent on another country? Why wouldn't we think not only America to be energy independent, but let's think long term. Why don't we make China dependent on American natural gas? If you're concerned about the environment, American natural gas is 41% cleaner than Russian natural gas. Why wouldn't we go about making America the individual that can sell around the world? More jobs in America, lower price that you could fill up your tank and have money left over, but also not only that America is stronger, but the world would be safer. Hey, I need to ask you about this, and I'm kind of surprised because all I hear really mostly is, is abortion in January 6th is what I'm hearing from, from the left, like almost exclusively. But t today they're up in arms about something you told Punchbowl regarding uh, entitlement programs and the debt ceiling, that you would use debt ceiling negotiations to somehow rein in Social Security uh, or Medicare. And I think you were quoted that you're not going to predetermine the structural changes that need to be made. But we know that Senators uh, Ron Johnson and Rick Scott have talked about changes to Social Security and Medicare. This doesn't seem like something you'd want to talk about three weeks before the midterms, although it needs to be talked about at some point before 2030 and, and we're out of money. 
Well, let me be very clear. I never mentioned Social Security and Medicare. Actually, in the Commitment to America, we say to strengthen Social Security and Medicare. What he asked me about was just lifting the debt ceiling. The debt ceiling needs to be lifted, but wouldn't it be a normal thing if we're $31 trillion in debt not to just give a blank check, to actually change our behavior? The Democrats have spent $10 trillion in these last two years. So the question was, would you just raise the debt ceiling without having a discussion, not about entitlements, but about our spending behavior right now? And my question would be, we have to change our behavior. We can't continue down this path. I don't think anybody would think they would just go about giving this administration a blank check. So yes, I know uh, that uh, the uh, debt ceiling needs to be raised, but I also know I'm going to strengthen Social Security and Medicare. I never brought them up. That is where the Democrats continue to try to put something else uh, out there. We're focused mainly on an economy that's strong, a nation that is safe, a future that is built on freedom, and a government that is accountable. That is what we've talked about, and uh, that is what we'll work on. Sounded pretty good, huh? Sounded pretty thoughtful. He uh, put a lot of thinking into what they're going to do should they get the power back on uh, November 8th. And uh, I mean, a lot of people, I'm sure, they hear that and they think, boy, that's great. But he was asked another question, which we don't have on audio. He was asked, uh, are you going to impeach Joe Biden? And he said, uh, we're not going to impeach Joe Biden. That That drove a lot on the uh, right nuts it was like oh my god there go there he goes again the weakling kevin mccarthy a lot of people think he's just too weak but i thought about it for a second and then i thought wait a second maybe this is a good move on his part you don't want to start throwing the term impeachment around right now to anybody before the elections because it can be used against you True. And, uh, you know, then it gets into that tit for tat thing, you know, well, now the Republicans are in, so they're going to impeach. Right. Maybe what you do is you let the ground swell up and you act on what everybody else, the Democrats want Joe out of there. Maybe they're going to self-destruct if they lose the midterms and they can't sit there and steal it or it becomes so blatantly obvious that they were stealing it. Then all of a sudden they implode. Article 25, maybe. maybe That's maybe, it. Maybe they'll say, wait a second, you've got to go, you're diminished. That's how he leaves. Yeah. And not with an impeachment. They, and that, by the way, if they remove him with an Article 25, well, that, that's no, no dust on them as Democrats. So the guy had a mental problem, he, had, he was diminished, and we had to remove him. If he's impeached, that, that shows incompetence and maybe some illegality. And that, that right. has a reflection on the whole party. And that could take the Hunter thing, everything, and wash it right down the drain. Yes. And we move forward, and they save face. And uh, But then again, too, you know, by letting them off the hook means that we let a lot of, um, a, a, a lot of in, you know, yeah. indiscretions off the hook. And uh, to me, that's unfair because of what they've done. Yeah, if they've been doing treasonous things, and I believe that if the things that have been alleged were in reality fact, right? that's treason. Exactly. You know, you look at the Durham thing, and they're, 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 you know, the, the news is saying, well, there was nothing there. Well, you know, what's going on has mm-hmm. to be done. But they're trying to find every way they can to dismiss everything uh, that, that uh, you know, goes to the election of 2020. 
and uh, and and what they did in 2016. They well, want that to be history. I don't know what your thoughts are on polls. I I think they're ineffective. I think they're ridiculous. We we get caught up in polls so much, especially the closer we get to elections. I mean, every time the elections happen, usually the polls aren't accurate, especially the last two two elections. They've been way off. And people have been saying, well, we put too much uh, credence in that poll, and look what happened. But yet when another election cycle comes along, the media starts pointing to polls again, like, oh, this poll says this and this poll says, says that. That being said, I do have a poll that I want to point out. Um, Speaking of polls, yes, we don't believe them. You know, but, but I have what I want, to, I want to <laughs> listen to this. 59% of voters think mainstream media is a major threat to democracy. That is from the New York Times-Siena poll. The New York Times, you know, the old gray lion lady, uh, uh, the New York Times. I thought that was interesting. Was that, what is that, a moment of truth on their part? They must have been trying to fill up some uh, print space on their paper to print that. Or they're trying to make it look like that they are uh, very um, neutral, objective. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but, you know, when you talk about polls, uh, they always break it down to where it's it's not just a poll, it's research. And with any any group of numbers, uh, you can find uh, the most minuscule mm-hmm. number there and, and etch out, uh, eke out a win for anybody that you want to. And by the time they're done with all these polls and the survey says this, and the survey says that, mm-hmm. pretty soon you got an entire dichotomy of America. We've we've sliced uh, we've sliced and diced it, mm-hmm. and well, uh, nothing gets accomplished. I I think we do rely too much on polls. We give them mm-hmm. too much authority. They call them snapshots of the moment. You know. That's what a poll really is. It's a snapshot of the moment. Not the moment you're in now, but the moment that they took the poll. The moments when they asked the questions. So they may have asked the questions. You mentioned yesterday that you were questioned for one of the polls, and it yeah. was like three weeks before it was released. So the, yeah. poll, the poll really re- reflected what you were saying when you gave the answer, not when they released it. Yeah, it was it was three weeks ago. It was uh, they called and um, you know, I figured what the hell. I usually won't do a poll, but I thought you know, when they started asking questions and mm-hmm. I was trying to drill them to figure out who the poll was for, I figured it out towards the end that it was a Democratic poll. It was for Fetterman because of the, you know, they, they did a big dance, mm-hmm. a big tap dance. But at the end, it was about Fetterman. And they wanted to get that information. And they didn't get the information they wanted because then they came back with another question as if, you know, really? You answered the the question that way? It was like there was surprise. Are you getting a lot of political text messages uh, on your phone? All the time. I am getting inundated with text messages from every politician in the state of Pennsylvania. I thought that when you blocked them, on your cell phone that they couldn't get back to you, but they get back to you. They still get back to you. And I'm thinking, did they, when they made the rules about uh, text messaging and blocking, did they make the exception for political phone calls or political messages? I think they did. Well, what you've got to look at, you can block a number 
and they don't call you on that number. I got into an argument with a guy last night. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I have an ex, and apparently, uh, just to be blunt and honest, uh, they, uh, they got a debt from somewhere. Yeah. And they called me, and I'm sitting there going, I said, you know, you guys have called me a gazillion times. I can sit here and give you the list of numbers. I told you not to call me anymore. I have nothing to do with them. And uh, they said, okay, well, we'll put you on our do not call list. I said, you've done it every damn day. They said, well, (laughs) you got to realize it takes until midnight. That's why we say 24 hours. I said, that's all fine and dandy, but. I've given you 24, 48, uh, 160. I've given you uh, months on end. I'm going to go yeah. to the attorney general's office. And you do realize telephone fraud or these kind of calls is a $10,000 violation per call, mm-hmm. which it is. But it was very clear. Well, we called you from this number on this occasion. And there is the caveat. You see, when you block a number or you say, don't call me from that number. Yes. They generate a new phone number. So they get around it by using a completely different phone number. Exactly. The other thing is I also think some of them call from out of country, don't they? Out of country, out of state. Yeah. Yeah. They they route it everywhere. And you know what? And the phone companies know what they're doing. They're selling them the technology to do it. And then they say, oh, you want it blocked? You got to pay this much money. They're in on it, too. It is a big racket and scam. Yeah. And they're dancing around the government regulations, and everybody's making money. The only person that's losing is you and me. That's true. Uh, You know, Danchenko was found uh, not guilty in the Durham case uh, a couple of days ago. And uh, we talked about it before, but it was interesting. They they had Jim Jordan on. Uh, Mm -hmm. Jim Jordan is a representative from Ohio. Most people know that. And uh, he talked about uh, his opinion as to uh, where we go next and what he feels we got from the Danchenko trial. Listen. I guess it doesn't surprise me. I mean, we had the same thing happen with uh, Zussman. You just, you just never know how these are going to go. But, but never forget what we did learn uh, you know, about Danchenko. Uh, we learned that the, the FBI was willing to pay Christopher Steele a million dollars to validate the dossier. Now, understand this. The dossier that they used, so they couldn't validate the document. They knew it was false, but they went ahead and used it to get the initial FISA dis- on the Trump campaign. So we learned some, I think, valuable facts there uh, that, that just show how uh, the problems that exist at the FBI. And then you couple that with everything else we've learned subsequent to this, uh, in, in, in addition to you know the, the 14 whistleblowers who've talked to us about how political the place has become. And it just underscores why we need to change that place. And we're committed to do that if in 20, uh, 20 days we uh, we take back the, the majority. And frankly, Maria, it starts with, and I think we talked about this on your show a couple weeks ago. It starts with not reauthorizing FISA, taking away this authority that was so abused. We know it was abused based on what we just learned in the Dan Chico trial, where the Brian Auten, the guy that whistleblowers have told Senator Grassley's office was part of suppressing, suppressing the Hunter Biden story two years ago, was also the guy who testified this past week and said that, that they were willing to pay a million dollars to Christopher Steele to validate the dossier, the dossier that they knew was false based on the fact they were willing to pay to validate it, for goodness sake. So that all has to be dealt with. We're committed to doing that. We're committed to doing it in a way that's consistent with the Constitution, but in an aggressive fashion, because again, we have seen things we never thought we would witness from this. Raided the home of a former president, taken the phone of a sitting member of Congress, kicked in the door of a pro-life leader outside of Philadelphia, arrested him in front of
front of his wife and seven kids. We've seen all that in the last two months. In addition to all these whistleblowers, in addition to what we know about Hunter Biden, in addition to what took place two years ago, just before our most important election, if that doesn't warrant a real investigation and real change coming, I don't know what does. He's a smart guy. I'd like to see him be the Speaker of the House. You know, he mentions FISA, and a lot of people don't understand what FISA is or what it means, uh, the exact meaning of the letters, I don't know, but I can tell you this. Uh, you're thinking, oh, uh, they got a FISA warrant. Oh, that's big. That's big. What that means is uh, Jim Harrington goes, you know what? I have certain evidence here that uh, is going to, uh, well, it, 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 it signifies that we need this judge to sign off on this search mm-hmm. warrant. You don't have to give anything to back it up or document it at all. Just your word. That's a FISA warrant. There is no foundation to, uh, there, well, there's supposed to be. But you can lie through your teeth and present it. And because you're a federal agent, judge gives it to you. We talked about this yesterday, too, that it was planned. They didn't yeah. really expect to win these two cases. Durham wanted to get all of this evidence put in on the record, and he got it put on, on the record. You heard Jordan even mention the, the, the items that were put on to record. And now the gloves are coming off, supposedly, with Durham. You're going to start seeing him go after bigger fish, and it's going to be a different outcome. Yeah, but here's the problem, because they're, the media is already touting what they're going to do. They're just going to say, well, see, they got nothing, got nothing, no, no. They're already saying This is the worst investigation ever. And they're going to give Merrick the opportunity to come in and shut it down before it gets to, you know, the train station. I don't know whether he can really, I guess he can shut it down technically. Although I don't think, I think the special prosecutor has an incredible amount of power. I know that the attorney general can censor the findings of a special prosecutor. See, if he just issues a report now, then Merrick Garland can sandbag it. Whereas yeah. if he if he goes to court and tries other people, it's in the public uh, domain. It's out there. You know, people can see the case. They can hear the evidence. And that's where the damage, the real damage is done. Well, the, the, the telltale is going to be in three weeks, you know, 18 days. Uh, what happens with the election? And even if the election goes the way we want it to go mm-hmm. and they can't do the steal, they've got until January to do their damage. Don't you think they're going to do, uh, uh, they're, they're going to sit there and do damage control on everything they want to bury and hide before they got to run? Don't know whether you heard about this. The owner of the Delaware Computer Repair Store, where Hunter Biden abandoned his MacBook, filed suit. You don't hear much about this against Hunter Biden, the Joe Biden 2020 presidential campaign, Representative Adam Schiff, CNN, and Politico in Delaware State Court on Monday. I haven't heard a thing about this. I, ha- I found this deep in the recesses of uh, some news page somewhere, uh, but it's, it's there. He's, uh, he's suing Hunter and Joe and uh, Adam Schiff and CNN for his well, reputation because these guys literally, they destroyed the guy's business. They made him look like a fool. You know, uh, the guy, he's the guy who wears the uh, 
Mm-hmm. Ivy League, the beret or Ivy League cap or whatever. Isn't he legally blind or something I heard like that. that too? But how do you fix computers if you can't see the parts? He, I mean, he, he must have some sight. Well, yeah, he's got some sight, but, you know, the legality, you can have tunnel vision, be blind and not drive a car. Yeah, well, uh, but he's going to be, uh, I think, a little richer because I think, well, I say that, but you know, yeah, the case is be being tried in Delaware. You are, you're attacking yeah. a, a cabal. Yeah, you're, you're uh, going after Joe in Delaware. Where does Joe live? Where was Joe Senator? Yes. Okay. Enough yeah, said. Yeah. I mean, you know, good luck he, his with health that. may not be as good as he thinks it is. Yes. <laughs> That's uh, yeah, we laugh, but you know, oh, you know, I it's know. true. Oh, I know. Interesting thing. We talk about the behind the scenes people who are really running the world. And mm-hmm. one of our, our main topics of conversation throughout uh, our programs are the World Economic Forum. And they had a meeting recently, and they talked about population. They want to bring the population of the world down by, I think he said 2025. They want to bring it down to 100 million. Now, how do you do that when you have a country, just the United States alone is 350 million people. You got, uh, what, a billion people in China? How do you bring the world population down to 100 million? Well, I can think of three things that are going on. Uh, viruses, yes, uh, because we've got COVID and now vaccines. The now that kids are to get uh, a vaccination every yep. year on COVID, yeah, uh, or they don't get to go to sc- uh, school. You've got uh, possible nuclear war that we are we are trying to get going uh, against Russia, so we could have a nuclear war there. But then there's China. Yeah, China is going. They want to be uh, the world economic power. They want to be the world superpower. Uh, and during uh, Xi's uh, reign, he says, this is going to happen, and they're going to take back Taiwan, and we will defend Taiwan. And if we go to war with China, yeah, we may out. not win that war, and we are going to lose a lot of our military might. We're going to lose a lot of people, too. Like, a lot well, of people. Yeah, you're, you're talking... Hundreds of thousands of people, if not millions of people. So we've got a lot of things going on here. We also have the vaccine. The vaccine, people are questioning the the usefulness, the effectiveness uh, of these vaccines. Have you seen the number of young athletes who are dying uh, at the age of uh, 25, 24, 20? It's amazing. Well, you know, COVID-19, the vaccine, has never been proven to actually work. It doesn't work. It doesn't prevent. But it does give you the jab and give you the vaccine. And it it will be the only vaccine in in our nation's history that we are going to require kids to get a shot every year that does not do what they say it's supposed to do. And that takes away the credibility of every other shot that we require uh, our population to get. I've never seen so many young people uh, dying. And they had a 41-year-old Jamaican singer. He was on stage. Did, uh, did you see the video of this? Mm-hmm. Uh, he's on stage performing, having a great old time. He turns around. He's walking uh, off to the side, and he falls right on his face. Boom, dead, on the stage. I think this was in London. And and it was a big theater, a lot of people there. He just died on stage. Yeah, well, you know, they say don't believe your lion eyes, believe your eyes. Believe what you're seeing, believe it, 
and believe that you are being lied to because you are being lied to. So, yeah, the 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 vaccines, the virus, you know, there's a new breakout in Uganda of Ebola. Wow. You know that? You know, I was going to mention this, uh, one of the, uh, uh, a pitcher in the minor league club for uh, the Philadelphia uh, Phillies just died. A young guy, 21 years old, a real prospect. They're saying he died of cancer, but it was like early, it was like fast onset cancer. It's something that happened within like six months. He went in for a checkup, I think, in April, and they found something, and he was gone. It was something which was uh, it ravaged the poor kid, and uh, I forgot his name. But there's a lot. Do a search. Go. Don't believe what we're saying here on our podcast. Just go to uh, DuckDuckGo, I would suggest, and type in athlete dies unexpectedly, something like that, or athlete dies playing football, or athlete, you will be amazed at the number of people who are dying who are young. And what do they want to do? They want to require our children, the smallest of our population, to get jabbed. And, and I don't think it's a good thing, and most doctors don't. So what's the year again that they want to get it down to uh, 100 million people? 2025. All right, so uh, you've got uh, 2023 is coming up. you got two and a half years. Yeah. Uh, you know, that, that sounds like a James Bond movie. Two yeah. and a half years to die. Because that means that out of everybody listening right now, if we put everybody into a room, right, uh, that 90% of you would not make it out of so the room. So you're saying 100 people in the room, 90 people are dead. That's right. Wow. This That's guy, what that number is. They had a speaker at the World Economic... You think we're kidding, folks. You think we, this This is like, uh, oh, they're off on a tangent again. No, no. Uh, they had a speaker at the World Economic Forum. His name is Sanguru. He's from India. He is a mystic. He's a guru. He's a speaker. He is on a mission to plant a trillion, that's with a T, a trillion trees on our planet. That's important. They, they believe trees are important. People, not so much. But he was being interviewed as he was walking out of the conference, one of the meetings, by a reporter. And, uh, well, just listen carefully. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are really... That's my trouble. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> Did you catch that? He said, they want more souls. Other religious leaders are against me. It was difficult to hear what he said. He said, they want more souls. I want less. This is a guy who is, uh, uh, you know, he's speaking in front of the World Economic Forum. I'm going to play this for you again, just so you can hear what he yeah. said. Listen, it's difficult. He's speaking with an Indian accent. But listen. So in the session we just attended here at the Economic Forum, I think there was a sense of relief, actually, in your frankness. Um, you brought up some issues that, that others are really... That's my trouble. <laughs> Always. <laughs> All the religious groups are against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I want less on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> They're against me because I'm talking about population. They want more souls. I'm against it. Or, yeah. I'm, I'm, you know, uh, they laugh at this, too. It's a big joke. 
they it's want a hell of a thing to say. So who gets to choose who gets to live and who dies? Well, I think they think they they do actually. I think I think it's so th- it's those it's, people. It's, it's either them or I. It's their kids or my kids. Mm-hmm. So that's the real battle. That's the real war. You wonder, and I I think I've told you this several times. I've had two vaccinations when the vaccinations were really being pushed and sold. Uh, I mm-hmm. got the first two. Uh, I haven't gotten the second two. And uh, I'm really turned away from the other two. I think that there would have been sold a bill of goods. And I do question what I have in my system. Is yeah, it, is I, it a know, ticking time bomb? I would say, though, you got, uh, you got the beta, uh, the, uh, not, the, not the new and improved, and uh, the more deadly vaccine. I think, I think they came in, they took control and manipulated the vaccine. And I think what they Frankensteined it to. Mm-hmm. Uh, is what you got to worry about because it's 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 the multiple vaccines that seem to be doing everything. You got the early end of it, you know, and you walked away. You know, the people who were in the World Economic Forum, we don't realize how 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 many people that we know are in that forum. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, there's a representative Isa from California. He visits the World Economic Forum, Republican. You think, oh my goodness, you know, he's a Republican. Why is he going to the World Economic Forum? It's because they got both sides involved. You know, we think that uh, we have two separate parties going against each other. And I think behind the scenes, they kind of own both. They kind of run all of them. That's why when you see two presidents who competed against each other, uh, on the political stage and said the damnedest things, right, against each other. After they've retired from the White House, you see them playing golf together, you see them visiting each other, going sailing together, uh, being buddy-buddy. Maybe it's because they have more in common with each other than they do with us. I'm just saying. You know, this World Economic Forum is is sounding like a religious cult, and I don't want to take a religion and make it a cult, but... You know, they're talking about, oh, you got to, we got to be, have the population down to 100 million people by 2025. That's uh, two and a half years. All right. I don't know how they can do it without a major war. You know, well, they're playing God. You know, a lot of people on the left think we're overpopulated and they aren't members of the forum. They've just, they've just uh, been fed this nonsense in, in universities and schools. Well, then you know what? If that's what they believe, lead by example. I'll, I'll allow them if that's what they want to do. You made an interesting point, Bill. We talked about, a lot of people are talking about abortion, 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 abortion. That's the issue, abortion. I think the next issue is going to be euthanizing the elderly. I think there's going to be at the, oh, other, I end, see that coming. At the other end of the spectrum, they're going to say, you know, you know, that guy, Jim Harrington, he is uh, getting up there and he's not as sharp as he used to be, you know, and uh, you know, he's kind of uh, run run the race already. And maybe it's time that he had some peace. They'll make it sound very gentle. You know, you don't want him dying a painful death. I do think also, by the way, that some institutions are already euthanizing people. I think, and I, I, I speak from experience. I, I mean, I, I won't say what institutions, but I do think that, uh, sometimes when you're elderly and you're not well, 
uh, they hurry you along with uh, an over-medication of things like morphine, if you know what I'm saying. Oh, they do that all the time. Somebody is suffering. They're going, okay, we're going to do this. Yeah. And they, trust me, uh, the end is near. They don't, um, yeah, they don't say we're going to euthanize them. They don't say we're going to do this. They just turn up the juice a bit, if you know mm-hmm. what I mean. But, they, they do it all the time. So, yeah, you know, you've got... Uh, uh, you probably are going to have planned euthanasia uh, coming up. I think you're going to have sterilization coming up, and we're going to squeeze it from both ends. Uh, there was somebody that proposed uh, one of the problems that we have is food, and uh, basically it's cannibalism. But It's almost like the movie Soylent Green. Yeah. You get to have your wish when you die, and you go into a room, and you dream, and whatever dream you want, that's what you have. And the next thing you know, you're food for the population. Yeah, when, they, when it was Charlton Heston, it's people. Yeah. They're eating people. Yeah. Uh, yeah um, we're proposing that now. Uh, I think Oregon already has uh, legal euthanasia. I could be wrong on that, but I believe one of the northwestern states, uh, Oregon or, or Washington. Well, there's, there's a couple of states. Uh, euthanasia, you have uh, death with dignity. Yeah. Um, and, you know... Uh, I'm not going to get into that debate. Um, um, I happen to think it falls, in my humble opinion, it's just my opinion, folks, not Bill's, just mine. I think they, uh, abortion and, and, and that are all tied together. It's You're killing people, okay? You're, right. And it, it, we're, I don't understand the, the justification, uh, but there'll be a lot of people who will debate me. Oh, what happens when somebody gets cancer and oh, it's painful. And you know what? Yeah. If somebody is sick and they're in pain, uh, I might look at things a little differently, but if somebody is healthy and they can live to be 88, 90, 91, 97, go for it. I come from the, uh, the belief that where there is life, there is hope. Yeah. I, know, I know that's being overly optimistic okay but some people have had for example not a lot i understand this i have relatives who had stage four cancer and they didn't make it i understand that but i also know there have been some people who have had stage four cancer and they've beaten it Mm -hmm. and so again it goes back to my belief where there's life there's hope yeah i've Um, got two friends on uh, uh colleagues that uh, have have beaten it several times, you know, so yeah, you, you never know. Nope. We're almost done. It's the weekend show, so I this time I know it's the weekend. I know usually I, I get confused and say that we'll be talking again tomorrow, but uh, I, I did some serious thinking about this. It is the weekend show. Uh, it, you, you must have a calendar in front of you to know it's the weekend show. <laughs> Actually, I do. <laughs> it's funny you should say that. Oh, my goodness. Uh, yeah, I, I also know that uh, if something breaks over the weekend. Oh, we'll talk. We'll, we'll be getting together and, and uh, doing an update. Anything you want to add before we close this one down, sir? No, I think we've got everything. I mean, it'll be fun to see what goes on with uh, the news this weekend. We're 18 days away. Joe Biden is still the worst president we ever had. He's a big, <laughs> yes, big stupid idiot. But, uh, you know. One more thing. You see where the Pennsylvania State Corrections Officer Association is backing Mehmet Oz, uh, which I thought was interesting. They're a, uh, a police organization in Pennsylvania, mm-hmm. and they're backing Dr. Oz, which is good. Well, they should. I mean, and, you know, I'm not saying that he is the world's best candidate, but uh, 
Uh, he's uh, he's a good guy. You know, the he is a good guy. You know, the interesting thing: a lot of these uh, outlier candidates are all coming from different professions. Carrie Lake was a, a news anchor for like thirty years. Uh, a lot of people who are making waves uh, in this election cycle weren't lifelong politicians, which I think is pretty good. Well, yeah, that's really what the system was designed for, you know. Um, yep. You know, Mr. Smith goes to Washington because he's fed up with everything. Um, it wasn't designed for career politicians, but that's what we got. Tell that to Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. Oh, my gosh. Well, you know, now you talk about euthanasia. There's a prime <laughs> example. They are the poster children I know. for being euthanized. Hey, listen, buddy, you have a wonderful weekend. I don't know if you're heading back to your home base uh, this weekend. If you do, I have no idea what I'm doing. Well, that's good. Why should you, why should you know what you're doing when I don't know what I'm doing? Uh, I have no idea what you're doing, let alone what I'm doing. <laughs> but whatever you do, do it well. Have a great weekend, Bill. We'll talk again on Monday. See ya. Have a good one.